is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. On Thursday nights for a while, the Lord has really impressed on me to talk to you about how to be led by the Spirit. I want to make this statement that I've said to you a couple times. Everybody in here, all of us on planet Earth are being led by something or someone. We, we actually are. People follow. We, you know, it, you know, I know that you said, well, some people are leaders and some people are followers. But in reality, everyone's a follower. Even the leaders are following somebody. And that's why they, and they're using their influence and using their whatever they have to get other people behind them. Paul said it this way. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So you want to make sure if you're following someone, make sure they're, they're uh, you know, leading you or they're following someone that's going to take you where you want to be. I read a report. I, I'm not going to go into the details here, but I have it. Um, that America right now is experiencing a crisis in, uh, in truth. And uh, right now, uh, Americans are skeptics. We've become very skeptical. You've heard this term in the last several years, you know, about all this news information and misinformation. Now, and, and, you know, fake news. You know, you've heard all of that. So uh, we've heard about it. And, and truthfully, it is difficult anymore to know what truth is if you're going to listen to it when you go out the church doors. Because everybody has a version of truth. And they want to sell you their version. They want to convince you their version is the right version. But like Dr. Barkley says, it may be a perversion. Amen? So you have to be very, very astute. We've been using this phrase the last couple of years, and I know it's in the Bible, and we've but, but it's been amplified to me in the last two years. The Lord keeps saying to me, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. So I read this uh, article here about this. And it said, America's confidence in government is in quick decline. Can you imagine that? Two-thirds of Americans say it's hard to tell uh, whether an elected official is telling the truth or a lie. That's a pretty sad thing when you got... Two-thirds of Americans, we don't even know when the government... I mean, used to, you kind of thought they wouldn't come out and just, you know, mislead you. You kind of thought you could trust the government to give you some basis. But in the last several, several years, and I don't just mean, you know, currently, but it's been before that, uh, we've got a lot of misinformation. We're learning stuff about COVID now that we were told when we first started questioning when COVID, there was a lot of questions, and we were all told to shut up and obey and because we, we're telling you the truth and now we're finding out some of it wasn't truth, you know? And so it will, it, it, we're kind of in a time where we have to make sure, and that's why I'm preaching this series on being led by the Spirit. 
The Spirit of God knows things, and we've read this, and we may or may not go back to those scriptures. I don't want to regurgitate, you know, anything that we've been over too many times, but, um, but you know, the Spirit of God knows things that, that, that is, uh, you can't discern with the flesh. The Bible says this, compare spiritual things with spiritual things and natural things with natural things. But the difference in the Spirit is the Spirit knows not only spirit things, but it knows the natural as well. The natural does not know the spirit. Now, I hope I'm not confusing you here by saying all of this in, like in one shot. You can't discern spiritual things with just mental ascension or mental intelligence. That's why a lot of people that have very high IQs, they may have, you know, mine's always in the, I've taken a bunch of those tests. Mine's 137 or I don't know what it is, but, but there's people who have 160 and whatever big, huge IQs and they're supposed to be, you know, geniuses. But some of those that are geniuses couldn't tell you anything at all about what's going on in the spirit because you can't discern it with the flesh. You've got to have the spirit. So we need to be led by the spirit. Amen. Father, again, thank you for your word. We receive it with gladness in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted. So I'm going to read to you uh, from the Amplified Classic. I know I've read this a couple of times and then we'll move on into some other things. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation are no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus who, now I'm going to pause a moment because I want to pause just to make a quick comment here. People today are almost telling you you should never feel guilty no matter what you do because all sin has been paid for. But this actually says it gives you a condition. There is no condemnation to those who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. In other words, there, there's no condemnation if you're following the spirit. But now if you're following the flesh, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Amen. So stay with me. For the law of the spirit of life, and I like that phrase, spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. Verse 13, again from the Applied Classic, for if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, if you do whatever you want to do, if you just do whatever you feel like doing, if you do that, listen to this, you will surely die. Now that's pretty direct, right? But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death or making, I like this phrase, making extinct and deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So it says if you learn how to live by the Spirit, what you're going to do is you're going to cause the flesh to begin to die out and you're going to begin to live more like God would have you to live, right? How many of you know that, the, how many of you know that if you let your flesh do whatever it wants, it's eventually going to destroy you. And it will. That's why people in Hollywood who have money, they have fame, they have power. I mean, some of them, hundreds of millions of dollars. And look at how miserable most of them are. They can't seem to stay happy for they marry and, and divorce, marry, divorce, marry, divorce, and they this, that, and they can't stay happy because all they're doing is running after their flesh. But it says the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. There is a way to live in this present world and 
live free of the flesh when you follow the Spirit. Now, the Greek word led, L-E-D, not like the lights, L-E-D, of course, but the Greek word for led is uh, the word aeo, and here's what it means. It means to direct with instruction, to show a path for others to follow, or to bring or to carry. So when you're being led, someone is giving you instruction. You're being led by them, so they're giving you instruction. Now I want you to stay with me. Or they're showing you a path to follow. They're, so you're, they're leading you and they're showing you a path to follow and they're giving you instruction, right? Also, it means to bring or to carry. And I thought that was a curious uh, definition when I looked this up, studied it in the Greek lexicon. So when you're being led, you're being brought somewhere. You're actually being carried somewhere. So you've got to be very particular about who's leading you. Because they are absolutely taking you somewhere. Now think about it. People who come across your path, if you allow them to begin to lead you, they're going to carry you somewhere. They're going to take you somewhere. And some of us have let the wrong people in our lives and we've let them lead us and look at where they led us to. I mean, it just, you know, it's just amazing. Again, now, I don't, I, I'm a, I, if, I, if I watch, you know, if I watch television much, I'm either going to watch a quick sports update. I can't sit there for 10 hours and watch seven football games in a row. I just can't. I, I like to hit the highlights and fast forward through, cut a commercial and see who did what and get on out of there. I, I don't have that much time to give to that stuff. I like to, but sports are an escape for me. I like sports. I like comedies. I like to laugh. Because when you do church, it's all drama. <laughs> when you're in my position, it's drama, drama, drama. So Pastor Ginger, on the other hand, as I've told you many times, she likes mysteries. And she likes, you know, like I told you, she likes stuff like, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, all, Dateline and all of that, 2020 and all that. And it's amazing how if you watch enough of these things, not all, but a great number of these tragedies that happened on Dateline, someone was in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing something they didn't need to do and some bad person happened to be there and they got led by that person or they got accosted and so, and they lose their lives and it's tragic. Amen. And it's wrong for, you know, a person to do what they, but just think about, they were being led there. I, I was watching one the other day with Pastor Ginger and there was two girls and this one tried to get her to go to a party with her. And this other girl said, I don't really want to go. And she said, no, I want you to go to this party with me. She said, I don't want to go. And they started going, and this other one said, you know what? I just don't want to go. I'm leaving. I'm not going to that party. And she didn't. And wouldn't you know, the one that decided to go into the party, there was a bad guy there. She got ready to leave. He doped her, her drink. She passed out. He took her to his apartment. He raped her, and he killed her. Are, are, are you hearing me? And, and this other girl, you know, didn't go. You know what I'm saying? See, you got to understand the devil hates you and he's trying to send the wrong people across your path to get your attention for you to listen to so they can bring you or they can carry you somewhere. And you've got, we've got to get, as God's people, we need to get much better at knowing how to be led by the Spirit and not be deceived by the devil. Can you shout amen? So then we did read in John chapter 16, we're only going to read a couple of verses, and I know, again, we've read these before, but just to help you a little bit tonight, we'll get into some new things in just a minute or two. Just stick with me. 
So in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus is trying to prepare the disciples. He says, you know, I'm getting ready to leave and I'm not going to be here, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I like that word that he uses. Um, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to make sure, you know, they felt a sense of comfort when Jesus was there. I mean, why wouldn't you? They saw him heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils and, and you know, uh, you know, feed 5,000 with a two-piece fish dinner from Captain D's. I mean, there was a lot of stuff they saw happen. And, of course, when they were around Jesus, they felt comfort. He said, I'm going to have to leave, but I don't want you to get alarmed because I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I mean, the last thing I'm going to do is leave you and just abandon you and leave you in this world uh, without comfort. He says, as a matter of fact, I'm going to send you, the, the Father is going to send you a comforter. Here in verse 7, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. And that word in the Greek is the word advantageous. It's a very interesting word. It is advantageous for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So Jesus was telling them, believe it or not, when I leave you, the Holy Spirit's going to come. And it's going to be actually a greater advantage for you. Because I can't be everywhere at one time. I'm in a body right now, and, and unless you're there with me, I, I mean, but I'm going to send you a comforter that will be where you are. He was literally saying, you'll never be without comfort again. You'll never be without the presence of God again. I have to physically be with you for you to feel the presence, but, but it won't be that way. Verse 8, and when he has come, notice it, this person is called a he, he. When he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin. And without the presence of the Holy Spirit, you, don't, you can't even tell what sin is. Amen. Isn't that where we are today in today's world? Yes. Nobody can even identify. We don't even know what right or wrong is. When we can't define a gender, what is wrong with us? And I'm not being mean or cruel. I love people and anybody can come to church here and I'll love on them and you'll see. I'll guarantee you. I, I, but, but you understand what I'm saying? If you don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit, you can't even define what sin is. You'll get confused about what is what. Right? And of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things. Now this is such a huge statement. And I know I pointed it out to you. But this is, this is huge. You ought to circle it. I have yet many things to say unto you. But you cannot bear them now. Jesus said there's a lot more that you need to know. But even if I had the time and I don't, my time is winding down. Even if I said them to you now, you wouldn't be able to understand. But you still need to hear them and I want you to hear them. How be it? In other words, however, when the spirit of truth, this is the comforter, the Holy Spirit, when he has come, he will guide you, say me, into all the truth. Wow. So, I said it last time, when we are being led by the Holy Spirit, it's hard to fool us. It's hard to be fooled when you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Somebody will say something to you and something will check up on this. That didn't sound right. Mm -mm. No. Hey, you ought to come over here and there'll be something inside you going, mm, uh -uh. there's a little check in there like, no, I don't think I'll do that. I, you, know, I, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Notice this. He will guide you into all truth. 
for he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he will hear. In other words, when the father says something or the son says something, he will be the translator. I said it last time. I think I used that phrase last time. The Holy Spirit is a translator. He'll translate what God is saying so we can understand it. So, you know, you won't be in the dark anymore. Somebody said, how do you know what God wants? Because the Holy Spirit teaches you and trains you. Amen. Now notice this. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he will hear, that shall he speak. So the Holy Spirit speaks. How does he do it? On the inside of us. Now, again, you've got to trust sometimes what's inside of you. Sometimes, just in general, women are a little better than this at men. Not always, because I've seen a lot of women get conned by a lot of slick men. A lot of players. There's a lot of players out there. So when you're not sure, why don't you let the Holy Spirit speak up a little? He will speak. I've heard God say to me more than once when I was getting ready to do something on the inside, I heard him say, no, on the inside. I didn't hear it audibly. But something inside me was like, no. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, I don't think I need to do that. And you say, well, but see, the more you listen, the better you'll get at listening. The next time you sense God put a little check in you about something, go ahead and listen to that and follow that. And you know what will happen? It'll get easier the next time. It'll get easier the next time. It'll get easier the next time. It won't be hard to hear from God at all. Amen. Notice this. And he will show you things to come. We talked about this last time. Only the Holy Spirit knows what is coming because he's part of the Godhead, which is omnipresent. What does omnipresent mean? It means everywhere. And he's omniscient. What does that mean? It means he knows everything, right? And he's omnipotent, of course, meaning all-powerful. So think about this. The Holy Spirit will speak to you show you things to come, right? Guide you, direct you, give you truth. What, 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 is, what is lacking in our world today? It's quite obvious most people do not listen to the Holy Spirit. They don't. And listen, I'm talking about Christians too. There are Christians still trying to live off the fumes of an experience they had at some other time with God. But the Holy Spirit is there to lead you every day to guide you. And on this earth, when we, are on a, we are living on an unholy planet. This is not a holy planet. So what you really need in these days is the Holy Spirit because you're on an unholy planet. And like I said, they're calling evil good and good evil and they're making up their own, uh, making up their own uh, uh, ideas, their own belief system, uh, and they're doing all of that out in the world. And so you've got you've to be able to hear that God's voice should be higher and stronger than any other voice. Can you shout amen? amen. Verse, verse 14, he will glorify me. Jesus. Now these are all red letters. This is Jesus. He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So again, this is, keep saying he'll show you. I pointed this out the last few times. All things that the Father have, has are mine. Think about that. How many things? And he said the Holy Spirit then can show you all things, right? And then again, a little while, and you shall see me because I go to the Father. So here we have this great discourse about how the Spirit leads us, the Spirit guides us, 
And uh, the Spirit shows us things that need to be shown, directs our paths, helps us to be able to discern what is truth and what is not truth. Right? Amen? All right. And then I said this last time, and I just want to throw it back out there just to keep it in your hot in your spirit. The Spirit is always ahead of the flesh. You have to know that. The Spirit is always ahead of the flesh. Um, as far as God is concerned, everything's already done. He's already, everything's already happened. And I know this sounds a little weird and a little crazy, but it's truth. Everything has actually, everything's already happened and God has already seen it all, so it's already happened. And because God is, is omniscient, he's everywhere, he's in the future already in a seat. And we're back here and we're walking it out. Now the disadvantage we have is if we're just in our flesh, all we can do is just be stuck with what we see and stuck with what we know. But if we get over in the spirit, time changes. Time changes completely. All of a sudden, we can know things that we could not know. We can understand things we could not understand. I mentioned last time, deja vu. People have this weird, oh, I got that little tingle. Ooh, I knew what they were going to say. I, heard, I told you this last, ooh, man, I knew exactly what they were going to say. It's like, oh, well, you haven't been there before, but it's already happening. God's just, you're just getting in the spirit there for me. You catch something up there. But what happens if you are so closely walking with God that when you get ready to get up during the day, instead of rushing out and doing whatever you feel like doing, what if you just start walking with God? And I know that we have to go to work and we have obligations and responsibilities. That's part of life. But what if during that day, God is directing your path and you're not just caught in the flesh, you're in the spirit because the spirit's always ahead of the flesh. Turn down this road, go this way. Make that phone call, whatever it is. And I've had that happen to me countless, countless, and I want it to keep happening. I want the Spirit to lead me and to show me things to come so that I don't do something stupid. Because if I get back over in the flesh, I'm going to be stupid. I don't care if my IQ is 160, or, which it's not, but if it was, it wouldn't matter. Can you say Amen. So we talked about this. So the Spirit, I said last time, adds life to you. It adds life to you. Every time you listen to the Holy Spirit and you obey Him, you added some life. Now, I, won't, I don't want to get into the controversy of this because it could be controversial, but I want to make the statement. Uh, the Bible says, there's, there, why do some people die prematurely? See, we can't, we, you have to quit buying the, the, this statement. Well, it was just their time. See, I don't believe that for a minute. I just don't believe that. If it's true, then it wouldn't matter what. I guess I'll just go out here when I leave and jump over the rail and walk out in front of the next diesel. It's just my time. No, that's my stupid decision. God's will wasn't for me to walk out there on April the 13th and jump that rail out there and stand in front of a diesel and get hit. Wasn't just my time. Well, it was just his time. No. There are things we do that can add to our life and there are things we can do that will subtract from our days. This is all in the Bible. You know, it'll add to, so we have to be, the Holy Spirit, every time we listen to the Holy Spirit and every time we, we walk with God, we're adding some life. We're adding life. 
Every time we listen to the enemy and we go the way of the flesh, we're subtracting. The Bible says sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. And it doesn't discriminate whether you're 2 or 22 or 52 or 92. It doesn't matter your age. Anybody in here? See, we're in a time where we're not, in the world, where they're certainly not talking about it, but even in the church world, most churches are not talking about consequences. They want, to, they want their people to have the impression you can come in, have a nice little service, and everybody be warm and fuzzy, join a Bible study, be leading over here, have a fellowship. Oh, we got all this wonderful stuff. But they don't even tell everybody, you know, some of the stuff you're doing might kill you. And it might cause you to die early. Right? But we need to be led by the Spirit. Everybody say led by the Spirit. When you're led by the Spirit, I want to make the statement again. I've already said it, but when you're led by the Spirit, you become very, very intelligent because you see things you cannot see, you know things you cannot know, and God enables you to do things that you could not do. Right? So I know I've said all of this, but I think sometimes uh, hearing it again or maybe hearing it framed a little differently can help us see it better, which is what a teacher or preacher should be doing for you. Um, now, I'm going to give a different portion to, of this to you now. I want to spend a little time on this uh, to get you to uh, see this. So I, I kind of said it earlier, but I didn't, we didn't go down that path completely. So it is possible, and every human being on planet Earth is being led we're, we're, uh, by some way. We are. I know I said that. But here's, here's also a, a, a fact that's true. If you can be led, you can be misled. Right? You can be misled. Now, all of us can think of people in our own lives during our time, depending on what age you are, but even if you're not very old, you can probably think of some friends or relatives in your life that you watch them be misled by someone and it costs them dearly and it might have even cost them their life because they were misled. Right? The Bible has a lot to say about this. So I'm going to look at some verses now that we haven't covered uh, to give you a little bit of insight into that. And there are different kinds of things or people that mislead you. So you have to be conscious when, when it comes. You have to be smart to know, you know, you're just misleading. How many ever get these bogus phone calls? You know, uh, hey, we got this thing for you. All you got to do is give us your social security number. Dude, you're not are you kidding me? I'm not that stupid. I get myself, you know, go buy some gift cards. You know, they tell you all these scams they got out there. There are, there are master manipulators. There are people that they, they, their life is, is being a manipulator and misleading people. You got to be smart. But there's things about this in the Bible. Proverbs 20 verse 1. Oh, I don't know if you're ready for me to preach this one. Are you ready? All right, here we go. NLT says this, wine produces mockers. Alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise. Oh, I might have hit a pet peeve there. You know, I know a lot of people aren't, that were drinking Bud Light, I guess they abandoned that. I wish, they, I wish everybody would do something, make them all mad at all of it, and they just quit abandoning all of it before. Fine with me. I, I 
I've never understood why someone would want to put something in their body to weaken their ability to reason. Because when you are weakened, you're easily misled. Easily misled. You get somebody high enough, you get somebody drunk enough, you can pretty much manipulate them into anything. Well, I know, I just have a couple, I only have to have a couple. Of, okay, but, but everything starts with one. Now, don't get quiet on me. Wine is a mocker. It says in the King James Version, strong drink is raging. And those who are led by it or by it, are deceived by it are not wise. We have to make a decision in the days we're living in. I mean, the last thing you need is something to weaken your ability to hear God or to reason. You don't want anything in your system or in your life. It's hard enough with all the voices out there and all the chatter out there. You certainly don't want to do anything to make it harder. Now, I use the verse here on alcohol, of which there are many against alcohol in the Bible. Quit giving me your verse about Jesus turned the water into wine. Never say it, said he drank it anyway. And it wasn't the wine you get down here at the store. They got 2,500 different versions of it. You can't find milk or bread, but they got two aisles full of alcohol. That ought, that ought to tell you something right there. That ought to tell you something right there, that the stores, you know, right? Now, I know I'm getting on my pet peeve here, and I'll get... Somebody angry at me somewhere along the, the line here. But I'm using, you know, alcohol is, is the verses here, but I'm going to just take alcohol and broaden that word and say sin. Sin is a mocker. Sin will destroy you. Sin will mislead you. The Bible says in Hebrews, you can... Now listen, I like that the Bible is honest. I really think, I thank God that God put all of the blemishes in here too. It's just, he tells about all the people that choked and blew it and, and messed up and sinned and died. I mean, he didn't, it's, 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 he didn't just put rosy stuff in here. I like the fact that the Bible is a truthful book, right? And in Hebrews, it says this. Now listen, but listen to the whole verse. It says, you can enjoy the pleasures of sin. Did you know that's in the Bible? But there's another part to that verse, for a season. Meaning that will only be for a season. You know what comes after the pleasure of sins for a season? The consequences of sin come. And I can tell you that the consequences are always much greater than the pleasures. Anybody home in this Lutheran church tonight? All right, we're preaching a little bit here. You get me preacher in a minute now. So sin, if we can be led, we can be misled. So we have to be very, very determined. I'm not doing anything intentionally or putting anything in my body or putting myself in a place where I could be misled because I can't afford the dangers that come with it. Can you say Amen. Do I need to go any further? Is that okay? Did you get that? Everybody good? Now, let's get to number two. This would, that would be number one. Sin, sin will lead you astray. Number, now, this is a very popular scripture, but I wanted to put it in this context tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, but I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic. Here's what it says. Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships 
communion or associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and characters. What am I saying there? I'm saying the first one was sin, the number two, sinners. Hanging around with people who don't care about God, don't have any regard for, for, for that at all, live a party life, live a wild life, right? The Bible says if you hang around them, they're going to lead you astray. Oh, I'm going to lead them. No, no, no. Most likely you won't. I mean, come on, you can't even lead yourself. How are you going to lead them? Don't try to con God with that. Well, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go over there. No, no, no. You know, my boyfriend's going to spend the night, but he's not going to sleep in my bed. Oh, come on, please. I mean, are you really kidding me? He's going to sleep on the couch. Well, there's always room for two on the couch too. I mean, a lot of stuff's happened on the couch before. Anybody home tonight? Can pastor be pastor tonight? It says, now I'm going to read the first part of this again from the, from that flight classic. Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and characters. I've seen people that were really uh, morally very, very good people. I mean, I mean, they did have ethics and morals and standards and, and really good people. And, and, and especially if I want to go to the, this thing about relationships where they, they didn't have any intention of, uh, but, but they got with the wrong person. And then the pressure came. The pressure came. And every young lady's heard this from some guy probably some point in their life. If you love me, you will fill in the blank. If any guy ever feeds you that line, you ought to run out the door. Well, that won't happen. The world's full of guys. Bobby Buttocks is not the last one out there. <laughs> Mike Muscles is not the only one. Now, I'm being pastor tonight. I'm actually being a father tonight. I'm being a spiritual father to help you. Right? Amen. So, number one, sin will mislead you. Sinners will mislead you. I'm not going to your party. I'm not. Right? I'm not staying overnight at your house. I'm not. I'm not drinking that or taking that. I'm not. Everybody say, I'm not. You know, there's a word that we have almost forgotten in America society. It's called no. I want everybody to shout no. That was not a shout. No. One more time. No. Now, everybody made uh, fun of Nancy Reagan back in the 80s, you know, when they had the drug problem. They started D.A.R.E., I guess, out of that. And, and I guess it did do some help. I mean, I'm all for anything that'll do anything. I mean, I'm, I'm all for any of it. If it'll help at all, I'm all for it. But, you know, it was a pretty simple, but just say no. But sometimes you've got to do more than say no. Joseph had to walk away. That woman was hot after Joseph. You read the story in the book of Genesis. Potiphar's wife wanted him. She'd already decided she was going to bed him. The minute her husband left, I'm going to get him. And she tried everything she could to the point that, and she did it. The Bible says she did it day after day. This was not a one-time event. She tried and tried and tried. I mean, she, she thought she'd wear him down. And one day when Potiphar left, she grabbed his clothes and ripped them off. You know what it said he did? It said he turned his butt and he ran. 
He, the Bible says he got himself out of there. Sometimes you need to get yourself out of there. And we need to preach this from the pulpits. We, need, we don't need these little wimpy, scared little preachers that want to be popular. We need somebody that's got some, some nerve and some courage that really wants to help people so they don't get misled and they don't die early. If a pastor really cares about you, he ought to warn you. I said, you know, the other day, real love gives a warning. It's not, it's not, you're not, you're not a person not in love if you're warning somebody. My God, you, because you love them, you are warning them. Right? All right. Now, number three, we sort of hit this, but boy, let's really go after it for a minute. Isaiah 19 and verse 13, NLT says this. Listen to this phrase. The officials of Zoan are fools. And the officials of Memphis, this was not Tennessee, are deluded. The leaders of the people have led Egypt astray. So the third group that you've got to be careful is the leadership. I'm talking about leaders. In this case, it was talking about political leaders. Now, I don't know about you. I pray for every president. I pray for all the leaders. But I'm telling you why. There's stuff they spit out I don't chew on at all. You are foolish if you believe everything a politician says, uh, particularly one in a high place, because you've got to know there's these things called lobbyists. How many of you ever heard of a lobbyist? What does a lobbyist do? Well, a lobbyist gets paid a lot of money by even bigger money to go to Washington and to make their way into Congress or to a, someone with power to get their influence on them to change a law so that they'll benefit from it. And it says this case, it says the officials here. <laughs> the officials of Zoan are fools and the officials of Memphis are deluded. The leaders of the people have led Egypt astray. Just because someone has the title of a leader doesn't mean you should follow them. That's a huge statement. That is a huge statement. You ought, you ought to write that down. Just because someone has the title of leader does not necessarily mean, and I know that's a double ne negative, doesn't mean you should follow them. You know, I don't care. You, you might call yourself, but I, I'm not going to do that. If today the president said uh, you can't preach anymore from the pulpit uh, that a man and a woman are a marriage in the Bible, I'd say, well, I, have, I respect you and I'm praying for you, but I'm preaching the Bible. And by the way, we're not that far away from it. When you can get people so convinced and so confused that they can't even define anymore. We're not far away from people saying, you can't say that anymore. And some of you can't even say it on your job because you've been told, you've been warned. And at some point, you might have to make a decision. I'm not trying to make it for you, and I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you at some point, God's people need to make a stand somewhere. If everybody else is speaking up, so should you. If everybody else is shouting from the, from the housetop, so should you. Not in anger, not in meanness, not in malice, not trying to stir up somebody to get mad and do something violent. We're not violent. We let the word of God do our work. We're, not, we're loving people. We love people. We, you know, help anybody you can help. You know, if somebody, if somebody needs help, I'm going to help them. I'm not going to check to see what they believe. You know, I'll help them. Are you in here? So number one, sin will mislead you. Number two, sinners will mislead you. And sometimes even leaders will mislead you. 
You got to figure out whether that leader is a good leader or not. A good leader, let me go ahead and help you. A good leader is someone who's always looking out for the benefit of the people following. If they're all about themselves, then you, got, you ought to be able to discern it. You ought to be able to see it. I'm shocked how many people can't see it. I'm shocked how many people follow people that if you listen to them for two minutes, all they do is talk about themselves and boast and they're arrogant and they're prideful. And I'm just shocked. I'm shocked how people just flock and follow. I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned by it. I'm totally stunned that you would follow someone who's arrogant and prideful and self-serving and all that other stuff. The president prior to this one had a lot of policies, believe it or not, that I think were beneficial for Christians. But his actions and his annex and his language, I'm not following that. I'm not repeating that. I'm not going to talk like that. You hear what I'm saying? Now, don't get quiet on me. I've hit both of them tonight just so I'm, I'm an equal opportunity offender. Right? But I am going to follow the Bible at the end of the day. Now, I only have 30 of these and we're up to number four. Actually, I only have five. Everyone say, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's one of those thankful praise the Lords, I know. Jeremiah chapter 50 and verse 6. This one hits close for me and I have to make sure that I check myself here. Jeremiah 50 and verse 6 says, the NLT, my people have, now notice God said my people, not the world. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray and turned them loose in the mountains. They have lost their way and can't remember how to get back to the sheepfold. Oh my goodness, what a powerful scripture. So another group that can mislead you are shepherds. Pastors. He's talking about preachers here. I mean, there are preachers. Notice he says, my people have been lost sheep. There are a lot of people going to church on Sundays that think, think that they're saved, and they're not saved because the shepherd has completely led them away. I mean, he's, he's led them into false, um, what, what would be the right word? A false sense of security. A false sense of security. And they even preach that. Once saved, always saved. You came down and made Jesus Lord when you were 16. You can't mess that up. Just go on and no matter what you do, when you die, you're going to heaven. But there's a lot of stuff in this Bible that just doesn't go with that. And I know their denominations have built in huge, massive denominations have built that belief system out there. I can't sign off on it because it's not in the Bible. I, would, I wish I could. Because I love people. I don't want to see it. I'm like, God, I don't want to see anybody perish. I wish I could say if you did it one time, no matter what you do, you're going to heaven. I wish I could tell you that, but I can't. It's not right according to Scripture. God says that your name can be blotted out. Amen? Let me read this again. My people have been lost sheep. My people. Their shepherds. Listen to this, have led them astray, and listen to this next phrase, and turn them loose in the mountains. You can go do whatever you want to do. You shouldn't do it. You're a Christian. It'd be better if you didn't. I mean, you should live right. But if you don't, you know, you know if you get out there, I mean, it's okay. There are pastors. I'm stunned by this. Not only that sign off on alcohol and all kinds of other things that actually participate in it. I'm shocked by it. I'm stunned by it. 
If you go out, here's one thing you can say about Pastor William. You may not even agree with my stance on it, but you can say, well, I'm going to say one thing about him. He's never changed on it. He's never bent. He's never, and he's lost members over. I've lost members. I've lost members from this church that have gone to other churches because they wanted to go somewhere where the pastor would say it's okay. I've lost them, and I know that. I've had them actually tell me, well, you know, I just think, you know, and then they try to give me a book on grace that by a couple of well-known people that I wouldn't listen to for anything. And that's why I wrote my own book on grace that God gave me by the Holy Spirit called Disgraceful Grace. Amen. I'm not going to change the Bible to fill the seats. I think what we're preaching here, I think this place ought to be full every time we open the doors. There ought to be a stampede to get in here. But not everybody wants to live right. People kind of like being their own God. They kind of like, they like, kind of like the... They, they kind of like to think, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to put any pressure on me. Are you here? Yes, when I became a house painter, uh, which was, uh, I had to because I'd made bad decisions, and I became a house painter, when I was uh, 16, I had, some I had some decisions to make. Am I just going to go out there and half-heartedly do this and draw a paycheck or go home? I already knew when I went out there I was going to have to do, I already, I didn't know how long, I already knew I was going to be doing that job for a long time because I, I didn't have any education. Well, I also was I was going to do. I, so here's what I thought from the beginning. I'm going to learn to do this as good. I mean, I'm going to get, I am going to do everything I can to get really good at this. And I mean, I bore down. I bore down. I, I, I was working with a couple of people that were great. And I bore down. And of course, be, being the new guy, they, they did all the tricks on me and all the stuff on me. And I had all the junk thrown down on me that they didn't want to do. But I bore down. And there were times they got on my case and they rode me. But you know what? I want... But a lot of times they'd say, now, you can keep doing that if you want to like that, but it's, you're, you're, it's not, it's not going to be the right way. And you're going and and instead of me being hard-headed and going, you know what, I'm just, I don't care, I'm going to get a paycheck in. I was like, you know, I'm going to learn how to do it right. You know what I'm saying? And over time, I got to be really good. And by the time I left that job to this day, if I brought my former boss in here and stood him before you, and he's had a couple of hundred, 300 employees in his lifetime, if I stood him right up here and asked him, uh, please don't say just. And by, by the way, he's a very straightforward guy. He wouldn't he, if he if he says something. It's exactly what he thinks and believes. He's not going to say what, what anybody wants him to say. That's the kind of guy I work for, and I'm kind of glad I did. If he said, if I said, please tell them who you think your best employee was, and he turned around and go, it was you, William. It wasn't that way in the beginning. I didn't know anything. I couldn't hold a brush right. I didn't know what I was doing out there. But I stayed out there because I was out there 20 years but I learned how to do it. And we as Christians, don't you want to be a good Christian? I mean, don't you want to really be a mature Christian and a developed Christian? Because you can't help a lot of people if you're, if you're a mess. Hello? <laughs> you know, all right. We're almost done. Only 30. So let me read it again. I know you said you read it four times, but I want to read the last part in context again with the first part. My people have been led astray. Everyone say God's people. Have been led, have, my, my people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray and turned them loose in the mountains. They have lost their way, listen to this, and can't remember how to get back to the sheepfold. Because when you don't have a pastor directing you always back, all the way back to the, back to the altar, back to the altar, back to the altar, you're going to lose your way. If you come in here and you're jacked up, I hope somehow, somewhere in the sermon, between the Holy Spirit and what 
God has given me. I hope somehow you feel a little conviction. And before you leave this building, even if you don't come up here, you get things right with God. I don't want you to lose track on how to get back to the sheepfold. See, if a sheep gets out there long enough, a wolf will get it. And we all miss it sometimes and we all make mistakes and we all do things we shouldn't do. But when we do, we need to know how to, oh, I know what, I got to get back to the sheepfold. We don't need to be so far out there we don't think that we're in danger. Finally, everyone say finally. So number one, sin will lead you astray. Number two, sinners. Number three, leaders, some leaders. Number four, shepherds, some shepherds. And now we're at number five. Listen to this, Proverbs 28, verse 10, KJV. Proverbs 28, verse 10, KJV. Whosoever, now whenever you see a whosoever in the Bible, boy, is that ever a small but huge word. Whosoever means <laughs> everybody. This could be everybody. It could be you, it could be me. Whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. But the upright shall have good things in possession. Boy, I like the last part. I can't even teach on that tonight. Let me read it again, first part. Whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. So number five would be believers. There are some believers that cause other believers to be led astray. You don't have to go to church. I mean, come on, man. Pastors are old school. Come on, man, pastor, that's bondage. You know, that's kind of like old school. You know, you know, come on. I mean, you know, you're, I mean, it's Monday night football. It's, this is your team. You know, you, but come on, man, it's not going to matter. Thursday night football, I mean, it's Thursday night. You're, come, I mean, come on, man. And that's just a minor thing, but it could be in some really big, significant ways. It's okay. I know pastor's really against alcohol, but come on, I mean, really? Are you kidding me? So what? You have a couple glasses of wine. So, I mean, I, we go to the club. We're not going to, I mean, we're not like the rest of them. Now, these are believers. I'm not talking about the world. This is Christians telling Christians. And I've seen it over and over. I've seen Christians who've taken people out of this church and convinced them to leave this church, and they don't know how dangerous they are. The Bible talks about having someone's blood on your hands. Because if, if you lead them out of this church or any other church and you lead them out and they go out and they, they don't just go and get in church, they go out into the world, guess whose blood, uh, guess, guess whose hands their blood is on? You got to be really careful. The Bible talks about not putting a stumbling block in your brother's path. You got to be really careful. You know, you, if you get offended, you don't have the right to go share your offense. You don't have a right to go gather your crowd to pat you on the back to tell you how wrong you how wrong it was what happened to you and then they pat you on the back I've had people say this and they would say well now I know so and so left but I'm not leaving because of them I'm like Lord in heaven please how stupid do you think I am I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer but I can cut the skin every now and then I mean are you kidding me let's be real Anybody home? And this could be in a lot of ways. I'm just throwing a couple things out there. I'm not trying to send a message. Look, I'm not preaching to people that aren't here. I'm preaching to you. And I preach to the people who show up at church, not the ones who've gone. I'm here to try to help you. My, 
Again, I want you to succeed. I want you to overcome. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit and have a great life. I want you to, I want you to have a life that when you get to the end, you will go, wow. Now this has been a, God, this is an amazing life I've had. That's what I want for you. Anything God blesses Pastor Ginger me with, I hope you get 10 times as much. I hope you get 10 times as much. Right? So let's, let's go back over this. We're closed. Number one, if you can be led now, you can be misled. How can you be misled? Number one, by sin. By sin. Those led astray by drink cannot be wise, and we just use that as an illustration. Not, that's just one sin. Number two, sinners... 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, you might have to unfriend some people. I unfriended, I want to be careful how I say this. In the last week, I unfriended someone very, very, very important in my life. Very important. Um, Pivotal. I mean, I'm talking about, we go way back, way, 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 way back. Before this church even started, so you can't, don't try to put a face on it because you wouldn't know. Because everybody's saying, I wonder who you're saying, I know your little, cl- your little cogs are zooming around in your head, so let me remove all that from you. And I, we were friends on Facebook because I post a lot of, I, I, you know, spiritual stuff. I'm not doing the weather stuff anymore, just, it was a season, it was fun, but I, things are too desperate and too dangerous. I got, I got to be, I got to be about the father's business now. I don't have much time. I don't have much time for my own hobbies anymore. Um, but it, this person, and they started posting stuff. It's like, oh my gosh. And what had happened was my flesh rose up and I got angry. And I thought, I'm just going to message them and I'm going to slam them down. And the Lord said, I don't want you to do that. He said, and every time you see this now, you're getting angry. I want you to block it. Just block it. He said, you don't need the irritation. You don't need the frustration. You don't need any of that. I need you clear and, and clean. And, and I, I, don't want you, I don't want that stuff getting inside you. Now, some of you need to do that. I'm going to go ahead and just say right now, some of you need to get hold of your social media list and you need to start blocking a bunch of people. If people leave this church and they're still slamming the church, why would you be their friend? Why would you still be like, I like this? And I, I mean, why? Or they did something to your family, or they did something to you at work, or they did something to you. I mean, why would you still, what are you, what? Now it got a little quiet. Well, I just like to unfriend anybody, block anybody. Well, okay, then just be led astray then. Anybody home? Now, I don't care. I don't have your accounts. I don't go home with you. I don't know what you look at. I, I don't know any of that. So I don't, I, I don't want you to think I want you to do this for me. I want you to do it for you. you don't, I don't care about whether you defend me or not. That, that's, that's a whole, who cares? But I am concerned about how it can contaminate your spirit. You don't owe anybody anything but to love them. And sometimes to love them, you've got to block them. I got one clap. Praise God. Everybody else is like, but I, got, I took a long time to get 400 friends. I can't do that. Stop it. Stop it. 
I go through my list about every month and go, ah, no, 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 no. Right? Uh, some of you can't say right because you, you're not there yet. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you'll be surprised. Well, wow, wow. All right, number three, we said leaders. We talked about that. I won't go back over that. Uh, number four, we talked about shepherds, ministers. I, you know, I have to check myself this all the time. I have to make sure that I don't lead you astray and get, turn you loose in the mountains. I have to always give you the, a, a clear path to find God again and to find the will of God for your life. It's what I'm called to do. And then finally, we said believers. Whosoever, listen to this again. Proverbs 20, whosoever causes the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall, be, he shall fall himself into his own pit. Now you say, well, I know somebody's done that and nothing's happened. Well, okay, I'm just going to add that word to it again, yet. Yet. Because I got a scripture for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever thing a man sows, he shall reap. We don't know when. Might be a day, a week, a month, a year. Might be 10 years. You may think someone's Scott clear, got away, and they're just, but, but whatsoever thing a man sows, that should also reap. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.